The following is a production of Art Trap Productions, brought to you by the Gallifreyan Embassy and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode brought to you by Pachak Supporting Subscribers. Go to arttrap.com slash Pachak Supporter to become a supporting subscriber. Support the show and get extra content and other bonuses. This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash podshock. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also supported by the Podshock Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch now in the iTunes App Store. Live from the Eye of Harmony, wherever it is, it's Doctor Who. Podshock. The Gallifreyan Embassy presents Doctor Who Podshock, Episode 326. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the show and Joining us on this episode is well. Let's let's start from the voice you just heard doing the intro there, who's back on the show once again after a, a bit of a hiatus while he's been doing some stage work. Is Mr. Ian Bissett? Hello, Ian. You're doomed. You're all doomed. doomed. Oh, sorry. What? <laughs> Hi there. Great to have you back it's on the show to... again. And it's great to be back. And it's about um, half past. Yeah. It's about time. Oh, it is that. Yeah. <laughs> and space and transdimensional dimensions. Well, uh, also joining us, uh, speaking of interdimensional across the pond, is Dave A.C. Cooper. Hi, everyone. Uh, is it a good time for me to mention the restraining order I've got against Ian or not? <laughs> well, ah! I'll have you know I'm very restrained. Just <laughs> not all the time. Just as well my eye of harmony is nowhere near his eye of harmony. <laughs> Got to keep them separated. <laughs> yes, there's a reason why he's across the pond. <laughs> For the good my ends on him. Hi, all. <laughs> well, it's good to have you back on the show, Dave. And going now back across the pond this way, uh, back in the U.S., we have Mr. Lee Shackelford. Hello, Lee. Hi, guys. Good to have you back hey, on the yeah. show. Glad to be back. And another. Fellow, um, well, thespian or th- theater. Uh, That's right. You're of the boxed stage. in by yeah. You're you're boxed in with stage actors this time. So, <laughs> and not to be outdone, Mr. Kyle Jones joins us. Good evening, gentlemen. Welcome back, Ian, and glad to be here myself. So, good evening, all. I just wonder where these gentlemen are. <laughs> you must have mistaken us for someone else. <laughs> exactly. We have a full house tonight. Yeah, I told Dave one more person, and we'll have all the positions of the TARDIS console man. For the- <laughs> yeah. That and Dave is actually old enough to be a Time Lord. So. Yeah, I, I keep saying, as, uh, as long as I don't get the Gunji section. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's that's mustard and ketchup. Well, at least you're not Jackie Tyler. True. That's right. Well, Just sit over here. It depends which TARDIS console we're talking about now. True it enough. Is. True. 
There's that that vintage uh, wooden one from the, the what is it the auxiliary control room or that that we had for a season there. Yeah, absolutely good. Oh, I miss that. Uh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Where's Paul Salimoff when you need him? The yeah. air. Sorry. Unfortunately, it warped and <laughs> because the moisture got into it, and uh, they That's had right. to go back and. Um, you know, go go back and, and and do the white version of the of the control room again. Which, very strangely, if you uh, watch the uh, adventure in space and time, I never get that the right way around, but I think so. Yeah. Uh, it was actually painted a pale green, wasn't it? So the the, the very high quality lights mm-hmm. wouldn't reflect off a white surface. That's right. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting detail. Yeah. Television, you know, most of the time when you see white on te- something that's represented as white, it's it's usually a gray or um, another color. Like a, a famous example might be um, All in the Family. Um, Archie Bunker's f- was uh, always wearing white shirts, but they were actually gray because white would be too hot on on camera. That's right. Or um, interesting. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Ian has uh, seen and done this too, but the same thing happens on stage. So white pieces of paper and so on, they tend to get soaked in tea or something, mm-hmm. so they won't actually be, turn into reflectors while you're yeah. walking around. It's, oh, yeah. 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 It's the same thing with Dave. Um, he's actually got, um, <laughs> I'm whiter than white. That's what he means. I'm whiter than white. Thank you, Ian. His hair, mm. his hair comes out as, as, as being white on camera. <laughs> it's just really a dull gray. It's, it's, actually, it's actually green, and <laughs> it's really green, yeah. It's funny about that. Yeah, my, actually, on, uh, when, when I, somebody takes on a earth, flash... See? See, he had a yeah. slip-up there. He said, on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> when somebody takes a flash photograph of me, my hair looks grey, but in sunlight, it looks uh, a dirty, sexy blonde. <laughs> 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 it's the way I tell them. This is good. We're already off topic, and we haven't even really said what the topic is yet. So we, we didn't we, 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 Yeah, that was. So, we did that with so, no transition whatsoever. Just <laughs> the topic. So I guess, the, I, guess, I guess our topic is sort of like an unanswered question an going unanswered forward. Question. Correct. That's, that's, that's right. It is itself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ian will pick up on this. It's exit stage left. Yeah. <laughs> Some of us are old enough to remember Snagglepuss, yes. Uh, I couldn't remember his oh, name, I yeah. yeah. I just remember the cartoon. Uh, Snagglepuss. Meanwhile? Meanwhile, yeah. So, yeah, we're going to be tackling... Uh, well, we're going to attempt to maybe answer or speculate or, I don't know, discuss some lingering unanswered questions in Doctor Who. And so we have that to look forward to in, in this episode of Doctor Who Podshock. It's um, as Ian said. This is number three twenty-six. It's um, it's mid-April. In fact, it's April fifteenth as we record this. So um, I'm I'm assuming everyone at least stateside has done their their tax returns. Um, <laughs> yes. Oh my God! I've completely forgot. <laughs> is that so, a siren here in the uh, outside your car? <laughs> yes. What, yeah. What's what's the day in the UK? Is there a uh, the new tax year started on the 6th of April, uh, but most most people have what's called uh, pay-as-you-earn in this country, unless you're self-employed and fill your own tax forms in. So basically, it's deducted from your pay first. In other words, the government get the, ha- the mitts on it before you do. Well, it generally well, works that we way We do it twice. Too. So. 
but yeah. then and then you try to get it back at <laughs> when you do your tax returns at least some of it all right all right well this is uh tax 101 on doctor who Pachak and <laughs> our guest is cpa is it is it the sun are we reviewing the sun makers is that yes, what we did yes that's Praise right to the company <laughs> i haven't Luther. seen that in so long i got it oh yeah, yeah. Everyone runs from a tax man. <laughs> I'm getting the Beatles song now is in my head. Tax man. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, um, you know, we can jump into news. There's not a lot, but we have a few news items. Uh, I'm, I'm a little rusty here. I'm a little off my cue here. Where's my typewriter? Here was <laughs> oh, 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 Lewis. Yes. Did you put down the typewriter? Tax deductible. Tax deductible. <laughs> Did you put it down? I, I didn't have to because Lee just used his keyboard and no, no, no. It's an old joke. <laughs> but I, I was writing. It's a, this is a legitimate business expense for Lewis Trepani. <laughs> <laughs> this is very keys he was hitting. Same with me, uh, me Ian and the wine, isn't it, Ian? Yeah. There you go. Ah, yes, yeah. Podcasting expenses. <laughs> wine. <laughs> Unable to do shows without them. Yeah, I, I believe you're not the only one that's uh, a little lubricated with wine. Not me, but this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I started early as well. So. <laughs> I, I just got some water here. That didn't prevent me from being a little tipsy with it and knocking it down before we started the show. But luckily, oh, it wasn't. it's just water, not Pepsi. Otherwise, we would have had a Pepsi syndrome. Louis Trepani has a drinking problem. <laughs> Can't keep his glass upright. <laughs> All right. Well, in the news, we have. Um, well, let's start with some with some good news. Is that uh, the Disney XX XD channel will be? <laughs> Dude, that's a whole different channel. The Disney XX channel. That's another You're Disney channel. Out. <laughs> <laughs> The littlest mermaid as you've never seen her before. <laughs> Just, was hoping you weren't going to go there. Oh, he does. He always does. <laughs> it's yeah. Ian's presence on the show that that makes this yeah. happen. I just want that to be clear. So uh, the tenth Doctor will be going to Disney. Will be joining. Um, well, it's not that Disney has bought Doctor Who like. They bought Lucasfilm and Indiana Jones and Star Wars and all that, and um, but or Pixar and we can go on and on and on. Uh, but but we have at least for the tenth Doctor, they're um, coming to the Disney XD channel in North America, uh, which is um, I mean it's good that it's coming. I mean I wish it was. To my understanding, it's just um, what I'm reading here. It's just series two through four of David Tennant's. Um, you know, tenure, no, no pun intended there. And, you know, so I, you know, it'd be nice to see other, a broader spectrum of Doctor Who, but, you know, I guess, you know, whatever new exposure that the program has and the discoverability of the program is, I guess, more important than right now. Um, Not that it needs to be discovered. I mean, it's become so mainstream, but I really wish some of the older episodes would get some, some airtime again, you know, because, uh, you know, even a, a seasoned, a, a current Doctor Who fan that might not be familiar with the old stuff um, would have to somehow either stream it or rent it or, well, there, there are no more 
rental places really to go to other than uh, Netflix, I think, these days. So, uh, but it's, they'll have to pay up, you know, just to see. I mean, one thing that's great about, you know, us, for those of you that that are longtime fans is that at least, you know, well, both in the UK and, and in the US, you had exposure to the old episodes. The BBC would run older series from time, from time to time. And here in the States, you know, PBS was, um, you know, that, that's how we, we, we discovered Doctor Who through most of us that are of a certain age discovered it through PBS channels here, you know, back in the um, in the 80s for the most part. And, you know, and it's just, it's a shame that those older episodes aren't seen anymore or aren't, I mean, do they, I mean, of course they're out there, but you just, you have to make an effort to go, you just can't stumble upon them and, and just discover the magic on, you know, for itself on, on your own. Hulu does a, a pretty good job of that. I mean, if you had watched, uh, uh, new who on Hulu, it would suggest classic who, um, and they have a relatively good collection. Mm -hmm. Uh, but Netflix, not so much. Yeah, there's only on um, iTunes, there's only like um, select episodes from various older doctors, but not not many. Right. And I'm trying, and I think it might be the same with Amazon, I'm trying to recall. I think they might have had the same package, if I'm not mistaken, or similar. Yeah, I think I think they've got, I think their episode lineup is similar to, to Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I agree with Ian. Hulu has a very, you know, of, of all of them, Hulu seems to have the best uh, assortment of the classic. Yeah, and they and they've they've changed them out too um, a couple of times. I've noticed they've they've added a couple of episodes and dropped some others. Um, so, which is nice. It means that they're you know constantly refreshing the content. Yeah, I haven't looked in a while, and. Um yeah, the, so I, I want to go back and look at that again. I, I think Amazon's kind of approach was to do uh, one story for each doctor. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that that's, was that's iTunes, gonna, too. That's, yeah. I think it's similar, and, a similar approach. If not the same episodes, they might be like the same package. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. But it means if you want to start chronologically, what you're introduced to first is the Aztecs, which is a weird place to start talking yeah. to. But. It's not a bad story, though. It's, so. No, it's not. It's a, but it is a, a, it's a odd place to come into it. <laughs> right. Um. Figure that out. Yeah, uh, and just to give a UK perspective here, the Horror Channel, uh, the UK version of Horror Channel, is showing uh, classic uh, Who at the moment. Uh, next one up, I think, uh, Thursday the 30th of April, which is not long now, they're showing uh, Doctor Who on an Earthly Child. In fact, oh, uh, Saturday the 18th of April, Doctor Who, Master, Mask of Mandragora. Uh, uh, 20th of April, Remembrance of the Daleks. Um, no. 24th of April, uh, Silver Nemesis. Um, Tuesday the 28th, uh, Doctor Who, Curse of Fenric. 22nd, The Greatest Show in the Galaxy. Thursday the 16th, Mark of the Rani. So uh, they're showing quite... Um, a lot, mainly ones with supposedly slightly, you know, more horror content. Mm-hmm. So, right, I see. Yeah, I, I was trying to draw a line through those shows. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're definitely picking um, the ones that supposedly have a little bit more of that that, that feel to them. 
just getting back to Disney XD, it's starting. They're starting May 9th, Saturday, May 9th. They're starting with um, New Earth, the episode New Earth. Um, again, that's with um, David Tennant and um, as the Tenth Doctor and Rose. That kind of reminds me of the old days when uh, PBS in America would uh, run the series and start with Robot and end with yes. Caves of Androzani and then go back to Robot again. So it's like there were only two doctors as far as we were. But even, bef- yeah. if, well, even before that, at least uh, locally here, there was um, – it would start with Robot and then it would go to uh, – what, what, how far did it go to um, – I think to up up until like Leela's um, departure, and then they would go back hmm. to Robot. They, they we, we didn't even wow. get there, like the last two seasons. You of know, uh, you're right. You're right. I remember that as well. Yeah, and then yeah, and then I, I moved and saw another PBS affiliate where they at least took us to Caves of Androzani. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So what did they finish with? Um, Horror Fang Rock or something? Yeah. It was um, no. invasion. Um, uh, Inv- no, what is it called? Invasion of Time. T- yeah. yeah, Invasion of Time. Mm-hmm. Right, well, he has to go with it. Yeah. And then it would roll Leave back. Leave her on Gallifreyan. Yeah. Right, well, in other news, um, this, I guess, um, the, I, I saw this news article and I just, uh, the, the headline sort of kind of... Um, I don't know. It turned me off a little bit because I, I don't think that's probably the the chief reason why he left. But th- there's a news article on, on um, Uprocks. Uprocks, yeah. yeah. And it, 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 it says Christopher Eccleston, Christopher Eccleston revealed why he left Doctor Who. And essentially what um, it comes down to is um, that he had said uh, that he wanted to make the, the character more... That, that there shouldn't be a correlation between intellect and accent. That, um, that as far as um, he wanted to have his character more sounding from the north, and you know, which I think you know they they, they sort of addressed from on on the episode day on, the, on day one on the episode Rose, which we sure. covered in our last episode mm-hmm. of Doctor Pachak. So I, but I, I think maybe that was maybe could have been just part of it. But I, I just I I doubt. Well, I, I, mean, I can't speak for Christopher Eccleston, but I, I you know, um, I, I doubt very yeah, much that's, that's the reason why he left the, sh- the, the series. Right. I, I wanted to bring this up because I enjoyed reading this article, but yeah, that's a real clickbaity uh, title yeah. that uh, Christopher Eccleston revealed why he left Doctor Who, but that's really not what the interview says at all. He just says that he and RTD had had sort of talked about it, but clearly, you know, using his uh, his uh, his northern accent. Ruled. I mean, the, I mean, obviously he didn't have to somehow suppress that, but but he was just talking about the the uh, um, the idea that people think of people from the north as not being mm-hmm. well educated uh, in the U.S. Of course, the geography is flipped around. Excuse me, the, from the north. Uh, uh, yeah. Excuse me, from the north. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, he's talking about actors who uh, who we who we automatically take as being. Uh, uh, better educated because they're doing received, you know, British pronunciation. They sound like the. But I immediately thought of Sir Patrick Stewart, who is from Yorkshire, for heaven's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I don't know. But the, the main reason I wanted to bring this up is because I love the way the the, the editor of this article, uh, who signs his or her name Robo Panda, which I think is probably not their <laughs> Christian name. <laughs> but, uh, 
the, <laughs> of the panda family. But uh, <laughs> he, he was saying that uh, you, he said, you know, you can't blame, uh, this is uh, Christopher Eccleston, he says, you can't blame Eddie Redmayne and Benedict Cumberbatch and others taking their opportunities, but it will lead to a milky anodyne culture. And to an extent that's already happened, he was saying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, be that as it may. But the editor of this article says, Milky Anodyne. Isn't that Benedict Cumberbatch's real name? Benedict Milky Anodyne Cumberbatch? <laughs> of the Kensington Milky Anodyne Cumberbatches? <laughs> I, I think it, I think so it was also... It it's more to do with the cinema, I think, isn't it, than TV? I mean, there was uh, a number of years back, um, all, all the uh, the baddies uh, that... Oh, the actors that were portraying baddies had to use a, a South African accent. And then with the apartheid and all the political things, that became a little bit unsensitive. And um, the feeling that seemed to be from me from the UK was that um, other countries, other English-speaking countries, whether they liked England or not, felt that England had a sort of a broad chest in terms of um, the actors didn't mind being typecast. They didn't think it would affect the career. Uh, where you always have this perception that, uh, you know, Charlton Heston always had to play a goodie, John Wayne always had to play the hero. Um, you know, certain people would not want to do it. And you also found a lot of these leading men, hero characters, would only actually start to play uh, villains um, later on in the career. Uh, and that's not to say that the Doctor is a villainous character. I'm talking about in terms of the the, the use of the uh, the received pronunciation and, and good English. That um, um, th- this idea of this uh, cultured uh, thing. I mean, I, I, I think you're right. I think it's clickbait. The actual um, title of the uh, of the article. It's not why he left. Yeah. I mean, as far as the premise there, I mean, I agree. I think we shouldn't stereotype any anyone from, you know, just by their accent, whether, you know, and assume certain things about the person or a character just by their accent. I mean, I think those of us in the U.S. maybe watching the series weren't affected in that way because we didn't discern different accents being culturally different. You know, um, even if you detect the differences between different British accents we didn't really you know make an evaluation at, at least for the most part i can't speak to for every american but i, I think for the most part we sure. don't do that i think um but obviously here as lee had said it's might it might be flip-flopped here in 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 the u.s with north and south and um and i think star trek did that to some extent i think they made mccoy a a good old country doctor even though he didn't really speak yeah. with a southern accent for for the most part but you know I, I think they sort of was trying to address that that someone could be um you know um you know intelligent and and um you know and, and doesn't it, it, you know it, they're, they're not a hillbilly you know <laughs> that that stereotype right. but if somebody is going to be intolerant of people who are different from him it has to be the guy who's supposed to be from georgia so yeah a lot of us said thanks gene thanks thanks for that we, you know, we, we really appreciate the <laughs> adding insult to injury here. But yeah, at least two of us on this show can can tell you that when people find out you're from Alabama or Mississippi, they automatically mentally knock off a few IQ points when they're talking. Absolutely. To you, so. Yeah. Ah, so. Just did it myself. Sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> Was that where I was the last point? At so, least yeah. you're honest about it. 
<laughs> Mind you, I already did out some points because you're Americans. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, that's well deserved, though. I think. Coming from the transplanted kiwi. Yeah. Uh, I think that we ought to draw a line on the line into this, but um, it does it does make you reflect again, though, that uh, here we now have P- Peter Capaldi uh, going with his Scottish accent when David Tennant famously didn't mm-hmm. go with his own Scottish accent. Well, and you know, I, I wanted to ask you this um, uh, on the, in the last episode, Dave, that um, because. Um, I'm a, an Anglophile, but but still a, a, a lover from a distance. You know, I, I've been there twice, but you know, uh, one day I hope to make my home there. But Isn't um, stalking, I, I, yeah, exactly. A lover but, from a distance. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> um, I was thinking we were thinking about Rose, and uh, one of the first things that she says has this glottal stop in it. She has to say, "I've got the lottery money." And I wondered if that was calculated to communicate to us that she's working class. She's somebody like you. Or as they put in the, uh, the, one of the stories, uh, a chav, or uh, should I say when her body's possessed. I'm a chav. Oh, my God. I'm a chav. Yeah. <laughs> Someone wonders well, if, you know, if Cassandra even, you know, is aware of that, you know, cultural reference by that point, you know. That some of those still in there talking. Yeah. (laughs) She could access to her cultural references. (laughs) Anyway. Yes. It's the same way way as the Jenna Coleman. She mostly speaks very nicely, but just now and occasionally on Can We Go Home? It's just Uh, because she's comes from Blackpool, uh, which is Lancashire, and is up north as well. But it's just the odd word that probably... Sounds different. Um, oh yeah, uh, I, I remember being delighted by uh, by um, I, I, is it an android invasion where uh, uh, Sarah Jane gets picked up by a bunch of guys and she's kind of off in the distance, but you can hear her say, "Yeah, get off." <laughs> <laughs> I just like that Sarah Jane gets picked up by a couple of guys. <laughs> well, that's this is not for... a real episode, and I I just imagine that I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was watching the show that's in my mind and not that it's, <laughs> it's a whole new episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> no, I mean she physically gets Oh, I got you. They're carrying her. Bad guys. Yeah. Those that, guys. That, that one's gonna be on the Disney XX channel. <laughs> exactly. In this episode, Sarah Jane gets picked up by a couple a of guys. A couple of guys. <laughs> that turned out to be androids. <laughs> They're both Jack Harkness. <laughs> In time, will tell. And speaking of that, executive producer Stephen Moffat has said in Doctor Who magazine that that it's that the series now, which is um, the, the series since it's come back to television, as you as you know from our last episode, we sort of celebrated the tenth anniversary of it returning to television. So it's been going for ten years, and he had said that it's going to do a minimum of fifteen. He said that the ratings are uh, pretty much where they were. You know they've been consistent throughout the ten years, and um, and I guess um, there's uh, some sort of agreement with the BBC that it's going to be on for at least another five more years. And then I'm not saying that's going to go off after five years. I'm just saying at minimum it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be another five years. 
on television. Well, uh, the Big Finish have just been reviewed, uh, renewed for five more years, haven't they? Which would sort of give some parallel. Mm. Well, the, the the BBC is making money. I mean, they would be crazy to, you know, take a cash cow out right now. I mean, because Doctor Who is making money. Yeah. And it's a truly international property now where, right. you know, the classic series never reached these heights. And now it's like, you know, I can walk into, um, I mean, I live in a rather small town, but it has a books a million and I can walk in there and there is a section in books a million dedicated to Doctor Who in America. Yeah, and it's right. just crazy. You know, mm-hmm. um, you, you see Doctor Who in like Target and Walmart now. It's like, mm-hmm. this is just, you know unheard of you used to have to go to a specialty shop exactly. or a comic book shop to to, to so, get any doctor who merchandise or or books or anything that was an eye-opener for me a few years ago i was in a local cvs which is a pharmacy for um like a, um, a general store type of pharmacy store for those that might not be familiar with it and i saw doctor who merchandise there and i'm like <laughs> i took a picture of it i couldn't believe it i'm like yep it's um things have changed like We've lived long enough to see this. You have to wait for a convention or, or go to a, a specialty store, as Ian was saying, you know, back in the day. That's and right. now it's around the corner. Well, the world tours is a very smart thing to do because, like what Ian said, it's, an inter- it's you know, international now. And keeping, you know, it into all these different countries, that helps to give that five years and maybe another five years and keep going and going and going. Yeah. I mean, for instance, um, uh, another piece of news on the Doctor Who News site was about Peter Davidson, uh, who is starring in a West End play, uh, preparing a musical, Gypsy. And he's been released uh, in May to go on the, uh, the Doctor Who symph- uh, Symphonic Spectacular Tour back to Australia. I think it's going again, isn't it? So, I mean, the, the, and the, the other thing is the world tour that was done uh, prior to this last uh, series opening. I mean, they were mobbed in all these different countries. So it's really got, truly got uh, that international recognition now, and it's reached that sort of uh, breakout point. I mean, there are more than one breakout in Doctor Who, but you definitely feel as though um, this last one with, um, again, as always, the companion, Jenna Coleman, carrying the continuity between, you know, one Doctor and the next, uh, and then this sort of uh, publicity machine cranking up. Uh, the fact that um, we've had now a couple of Doctor Who stories actually set in America, rather than just, you know, sending a second unit to do a bit of filming there and pretending, you know, like in the chase, uh, they all went over to it. I mean, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's arrived if there was any of a doubt of it. Definitely, yeah. Yep. All right, well, we'll be back with some questions, <laughs> which uh, may or may not remain unanswered uh, shortly when we come right back. This is Peter Davison, and you're listening to the Doctor Who Podshock. Hey, if you enjoy audio podcasts, you'll enjoy audio books. And Audible is the premier provider of digital audio books. Audible has over 150,000 titles to choose from 
in all different genres, but you might be especially interested in the Doctor Who line that they have. They have like over 260 titles of Doctor Who titles alone. Uh, in addition to Doctor Who, there's all assortment of other science fiction and fantasy, plus thrillers, romance, comedy, and business. They, they have it all. And better than that, well, it's not better than that. But in addition to that, I meant they play on your iPhone, your Kindle, Android, your computer, over 500 devices for listening anytime and anywhere. And for you listeners of Doctor Who, Podshock, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so you have a chance to check out their service. And if you decide, hey, it's not for me, fine. You get to keep your audiobook. You can cancel and keep your audiobook. Now, to download your free audiobook, simply go to audibletrial.com slash podshock. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash podshock. And we usually do a recommendation or referral, but, you know, for this episode, I think we usually try to match it with this, uh, you know, whatever we're doing with Dr. U Podshock, but I'm going to leave it up to you. You're going to make a referral. You <laughs> make a referral to us. Check out audibletrial.com slash Pachak now and choose a Doctor Who title for us to uh, to use as a referral, as a recommendation for our next episode of Doctor Who Pachak or a future episode at least. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Audibletrial.com slash Pachak. And if you're driving and you can't get to that URL now or remember it, just go to Pachak.net. Um, and you'll see links to the promo, promo there as well. So once again, for listeners of Doctor Who Podshot, you get a free audiobook download, for, uh, and you have a chance to check out their service. You have it free for 30 days, and if you like it, continue with it. If not, you can cancel and keep your free audiobook. And now let's explore some unanswered questions in Doctor Who. And we're back with Doctor Who Pachak and, you know, with us still, (laughs) hopefully everyone is still with us. Dave, Kyle and Lee and Ian are all here, including myself. Um, Did did I, 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 you know what, did I even mention myself in the introduction? I think I probably failed to mention myself. Yeah, I think you forgot you. (laughs) Who are you? (laughs) Who am I? It's Lewis Lewis here, guys. Did (laughs) we let him on? Oh. It's a funny fellow from, from New York. Good guy. Having coffee talk. Yeah, I thought that was the janitor. I thought it was the janitor. Sorry, (laughs) (laughs) custodian. I thought it was the caretaker. (laughs) The caretaker. That's it. Uh, Better joke. Better joke. Yeah. Yeah, Well, you know, I (laughs) had such a full house. I was so busy introducing everyone else that I sort of forgot about myself. (laughs) Anyway, if you don't know who I am, you're better off. Well, and if, if they it's don't an know who you are, question. Then why in the world are they listening to Podshock? So? Yes, exactly. So, speaking of unanswered questions, uh, that's what we're going to be talking about. There are a lot of. Well, first, before we go any forward, I, I think the series thrives a bit because of unanswered questions. I think John Nathan Turner once said that. Um, I, I, I could be mis- I, I could it could be could have been someone else, but that Doctor Who really should have had a question mark, 
you know, after it, because it, it, it really is a question. And, and I think JNT then started putting question marks on collars and sweaters and umbrellas and <laughs> just to... Coffee mugs. <laughs> Just to keep the question marks going, so uh, so yeah, so through the years there there's been um, many unanswered or open um, questions that uh, were never really answered in one way or another, and um, and it's not necessarily bad, you know, and I, and I think um, you know I think the main character is a question in itself. I mean, I think the doctor himself is is meant to be an an enigma in himself and i think you know i've always said this on the show that you know i i think we have to tread lightly when we start you know filling in some of those unanswered questions when it comes to the doctor i i think um the mystery of the character is what's part of what's appealing to at least for me what's appealing to the show is not not knowing everything about him and i think certain things, you know, should remain mysterious and unanswered. Um, so, you know, we're not going to really address, you know, the big question of, you know, the doctor and what's his name and, you know, because, uh, you know, even though there, there, there were hints to names in the past, um, college nicknames perhaps, and, um, you know, was it, was it Theta or something that he was supposed to be known as in university? Um, I can't remember. Theta Sigma. Th- thank you. <laughs> That's the one. So, so yeah. I thought you said Vader first. I was like, yeah. uh, okay. Wrong series. No, we're in Star Wars. <laughs> and, you know, for those of us uh, fans of the classic series who knew that, we were tickled that uh, uh, the, the ancient letter that he leaves for River Song in the distant past, he actually signs it Theta Sigma. Ah, very nice touch. I didn't know if you noticed that or not, but yeah, it's just got two Greek letters at the end, so he signs it Theta Sigma. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, did, didn't we all feel a sinking feeling every time we were getting teased with the 11th Doctor that we were actually going to say what his real name is? We're like, no, uh, no, I don't <laughs> want to know that. Dave, wasn't wasn't there a uh, fan uproar when they uh, released the title for that episode? Yeah, the name of the... Oh, yeah. Well, there's lots of things like that. I mean, the, but to, to address the, the question in general, I mean, um, these these uncertainties, these unknowns, apart from the one about his name, um, they're a little bit like elastic bands, though. You can stretch them so long uh, within a story arc or a season arc. The, 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 I think the, the, the problem, the dichotomy or whatever you want to call it, that has arisen with, with different groups of fans is... We don't mind you having unanswered questions within the run of a, a series or a season. It's when you start crossing over and uh, and we're, we were actually in C, uh, series seven, uh, our new series seven, and we were still having unanswered questions from series five. And it's just this question of how long can you, you stretch the suspense mm-hmm. uh, to the point where if there is a revelation about it, is it almost where... Don't care now. It's I've waited too long. Yeah, I, and silence has fallen. <laughs> <laughs> Who are the silence? Oh, yeah, that's right. It's just a church. <laughs> yeah, I likened this to the uh, to the the, uh, the the Sherlockian game. You know that we 
there are massive inconsistencies inside the 60 stories that Arthur Conan Doyle wrote. But for those uh, people like me who want to try to take them seriously, you, you know why there are these inconsistencies. It's just that Conan Doyle was not concerned about continuity, you know. I mean, Dr. Watts' first name is John, right? Except in the story where his first name is James. You know, he just, he wasn't interested in things like that. <laughs> so we know what the real reason is. But the game is inside the canon to try to figure out ways to explain why his wife calls him James in one story. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's that's the great Sherlockian game. Yeah. So yeah. I assume that's that's what we want to try to do here is try to say, OK, without going outside the TV show, <laughs> what we've actually seen and heard on the air. Right. Can we piece together figure out? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Like, where is the high eye of harmony? Uh, so, exactly. so one of the one of the <laughs> questions yeah, that leapt to my mind. Yeah, was. Yeah, we were told in the classic series where the Eye of Harmony was, it's on Gallifrey. Well, in the TV movie, it's inside the TARDIS. So, what? I have an answer to that. I, I love it. I love it already. <laughs> oh, good. good. <laughs> Great answer. I want, I want to explain further. <laughs> yeah. I, want, I want to make it be a, be a letdown now. <laughs> you better quit while you're ahead. I, okay, <laughs> I have an answer. And that's just it. back away slowly. <laughs> that's all you need to know. I know. <laughs> Well, I always think of it as as as, as, a, as a link to the Eye of Harmony is positioned somewhere. It's you know this massive power source that can power, I think, all Tardises, mm-hmm. and there is a link to it in each Tardis, sort of like uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's in this dimension, and there's a link from each That's Tardis. So it. So, um, during the descent of the TARDIS, um, when they're in that area, that's, that's the link area, you know, that's where you can see the Eye of Harmony. Um, that's, that's why the way I envision it anyway. It makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. I like that too. Yay! Well, but I, I thought of it. This, <laughs> so, just to play the game. So then if Gallifrey is, is lost, if it's inside this, uh, this time bubble where, uh, it's now out of phase with the rest of the universe. Doesn't that mean that all time travel capsules will then cease to function? Or, well, I don't think it's it's the Eye of Harmony itself is on Gallifrey. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's somewhere. It's somewhere. It's it. We're, That's a good way they, around that. Wherever they captured the the uh, what is it? Um, was it? It's basically a singular black, right? a black mm-hmm. hole. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nucleus of a black hole. Yeah. And if I remember right, in Deadly Assassin, the Time Lords themselves have forgotten where exactly it is. Right. But yeah, then, so it's, wherever they the created it, it's, it's, yeah. it's there in a separate pocket dimension. And so there's only one, but every time every time travel capsule has a window to it. Mm. Yeah. See, I, I yeah, they can all draw power from it. I, I was I like sort of it. in a similar that. way, where it was it, since it's you know the TARDIS is interdimensional, interdimensional that there was various dimensions that um, could overlap and be in various places at once. Sure. Yeah, that's consistent with the pseudoscience of the rest of the show. So yes, right. 
Well, wow. I, I'm, I'm now done being intelligent for the evening, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, the badges of office. You blew it all at once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First the badges, question. The badges of office, aren't they? they? They're supposed to be linked to the Eye of Harmony, the Sash of Rassilon and the Great Key. Apparently the sash uh, was essential to the wearer to control and manipulate the eye safely without being sucked into its gravity, as well as the great key was an ebonite rod that could be used to drain eye uh, energy from the eye. Right. And there's the harp of Rassilon, didn't know it was musical. <laughs> <laughs> the coronet of Rassilon. <laughs> and the black scrolls. And not the mind probe. Sorry. Not the mind probe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we solved that one in about uh, 90 seconds then. So, um, yeah. There you go. Yeah. You were on a roll. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> one, of the, done. one of the strange things about the TV movie, wasn't the, um, uh, didn't the, uh, the master use the Eye of Harmony almost like a crystal ball when it was, you know, it was opened up and he was, it was, it was watching what the doctor was doing or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, really weird. Through that odd kind of relationship with, um, with um, what's his name? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yes, Lee. The, the nominal companion of the story. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of companions, uh, <laughs> bring us to, that brings us to the very first companion that we know of on screen. That when we first meet the doctor, it's um, his companion is supposedly his granddaughter Susan. Um, in the she calls him grandfather. Yes. Yeah. So and so there's is it really her? Is are there is is he really her grandfather or is it sort of? Um, a you know a uh, an expression of endearment where um but but then again he has said in other series over time you know he he mentions fatherhood and um just recently um mm-hmm. he he made a reference to that um I, i'm trying to remember the exact thing he said and i can't uh, that, that, uh, i mean the 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 original reason for her being the, the granddaughter, of course, was to uh, to uh, calm any fears about the fact that this was a uh, you know a, a mature man travelling with a young yeah. girl, oh. and so rather than have it as even his niece, uh, it was better to have her as granddaughter. But it does imply quite a history to the doctor because it implies you know him being married, being a father, as well as being a grandfather. So well, or at least having. Offspring, not necessarily married. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it, it does. It skips an interesting generation to us. I mean, mm-hmm. so he's got a granddaughter who was his son or daughter, who is Susan's father or mother. We don't. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, grandfather could be a title, just as doctor is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's an open-ended thing. So, I mean, and then, <laughs> we're back on the Dixie Disney then, XX channel. <laughs> and then the the other question right. is: Is she a mm. Gallifreyan or is she a Time Lord and a Gallifreyan? See, I I think she was just a Gallifreyan. Mm-hmm. I never, I didn't. Well, right. I, we did, we we don't know exactly, but I I I assumed she was just a Gallifreyan, not a Time Lady. 
Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the difficulty with it is is, is the the error that her I'm part honest. of the program exists yeah. is you know we don't have all you know we don't have Gallifrey really. We have Gallifrey. We didn't have mentions of time lords or time ladies or time tots didn't exist then. Right. right. So we're overlaying this new right. information on top oh, of yes. on top of yes. something that was never designed to be anything other than, you know, uh, grand grandfather and, and, and granddaughter traveling in a in a time machine. Sure. Um, that, she, that she named. Right. That's, that she that's named. true. She's the one who says she, she says she came up with the acronym. So, wow. But then again, she's a you know she's a kid. You know, of course. Right, she's she's this hyper intelligent, um, you know, alien on a world that has no idea about time travel. Of course, she's going to say, she? "Oh, right. I named it." Yeah, whether right. she made up the uh, TARDIS or not, <laughs> exactly. I claim it. I'd say, no, I, yeah, yeah, never, it, yeah. I, I, I call it TARDIS. TARDIS you know. totally thought of that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, she, she, she absolutely has no idea of controlling the TARDIS, though, does she? I mean, when uh, when the Doctor basically kidnaps Barbara and Susan uh, and refuses to do anything, you know, she 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 who said that? Ian, <laughs> Barbara and Ian. Yeah. What did Barbara I say? Ian, Barbara and Susan. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah well, because it's Chris, it's Chris Ian's story feel. about Susan. Yeah. That's right, uh, but she doesn't. She doesn't know how to control the TARDIS. She's powerless to help them in that sense. All she can do is appeal to him, and, and of course, his his worry is that they will be exposed and ridiculed and poked and prodded and so on. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have the symbiotic nuclei. Sorry. <laughs> Which well, you would think she would have if right. <laughs> if she was. Uh, genetically related in in canon that is the explanation yeah so (laughs) so then when we get to an episode called the doctor's daughter we actually see her regenerate right or well no Uh, well she she comes back in her same body so but if you if you want to go that route technically well but her father quote unquote was uh so vain that when he regenerated, he kept the same form. So right. would his daughter not do the same thing? Uh, uh, that's 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 a good call. Yeah. And uh, during the first twenty four hours of regeneration, they can actually use the uh, the the regeneration um, force to like grow a new hand. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason to believe that she didn't. You know. Yes, because she'd only live. She'd only live. She'd only lived two hours, hadn't she? Didn't we yeah. find out the, the, the actual the war had only been going on twenty four hours or something? Right, so. That's right. Yeah, and we only see her for a minute after that uh, experience. So, yeah. so I mean, that's 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 a, 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 a double question, really, as far as you know. You know, we've got the doctor's granddaughter, and we've got the doctor's daughter. Are they ever going to come back? Are we ever going to see them again? And since that's a time travel story, is that actually Susan's mother? Oh, oh interesting! Ooh, what you did there? Which would indeed make him the gum uh, without having to uh, right. have his own offspring in a in a literal sense. Right. That would uh, be kind of problem. But you know how this got started was us talking about um, Dalek invasion of Earth, in which the Doctor promises that he's going to come back. Yeah. Um, which I guess, I mean, if we're sticking to the show as the canon, he never did. 
Um, though, though he does encounter her, or do they? Do they see? Yeah, um, in the Five Doctors, we well, see Susan. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Boy, I, I want to. <laughs> I want to argue <laughs> the Five Doctors is not canon. <laughs> <laughs> well, that could be that could be an argument right there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Apparently, all the companions. You know, if if you count her as a companion rather than relative, you know, as all their minds were wiped correct after that incident. Correct. So they don't have no no memory of it. It would be interesting for for you know, considering um, that the actress is still alive. It would be interesting for the doctor to return to her now. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's there's an opportunity right there, Stephen Moffat, to to. You know, to really tie the show back into its its origins and, you know, visit that. You don't need to answer any questions as to, yeah. you know, what whether it was his son or daughter's child or whatever, but just to revisit her and, you know, and visit that time period would be, would be fascinating. And, and see, one thing that he said in deep breath uh, before Clara gave the speech about, I don't, you know, I don't know who you are. He said, I've made a lot of mistakes and it's about time that I did something about them. Right. So you could you could follow up that with, well, this is one of the mistakes. I never went back. Yeah. Where are we going now, Doctor? Well, it's a long story, but I made a promise. But um, but um, but um. Now, so uh, it writes itself, Stephen. It writes itself. <laughs> it's all there, Stephen. There's, there's, something, there's something I'd like to say about that, but I, now, don't laugh at me, Ian. I'm going to be vague. <laughs> I know I'm not, I'm not like, usually vague. I'll laugh for you. I'm, I'm not usually vague. Uh, but um, if, if you were to hear what some people are talking about as being the first story in the upcoming series of Doctor Who... Yeah, they may, that may relate to like um, you know write, write write the things that were once put wrong uh, in true uh, quantum leap speak. Um, I won't say what it is because that 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 would definitely be spoiler territory. And, but but the point is maybe we're going to have a whole uh, season of him. Going either backwards or forwards, because of course some of these mistakes could still be set in a future time zone or a future world. They don't all have to be historic stories. They may be historic in the Doctor's timeline, but that doesn't mean they're historic stories in in the real world timeline. So uh, I think that's very much possible that he could go back and visit Susan, given what I've heard about the first episode, which isn't to do with that. I'm not spoiling that in any way. Sure. Um, you're just a big tease, Dave. You're a big tease. <laughs> big tease. <laughs> well, I, I, it, it's kind of off, uh, at least out of canon, but I, I did see a little interview with the Caroline Ford from um, from this last Gallifrey, and someone asked her basically this question, isn't it time for the doctor to finally come back for you? And she is totally on board. So. Oh, great. She is. <laughs> she would... She would yeah. And and, and it would be like the doctor to show up fifty years after he left and call it a you know call it a, a non point landing. So, yeah. well, fifty years. Well, our time, I think it would be time, a... It's thousands of years. That's right. He was like fifty years. I mean, what are you quibbling about? I I said I'd come back. I came back exactly during your lifetime, didn't I? What are you? Yeah. Well, I think it would be a missed opportunity if they didn't do it. If she's willing to come back and. 
wants to do it, you know, while she's, I mean, let's just be blunt, while she's able Mm -hmm. and willing and wanting, I mean, I think it would be a missed opportunity not to do that. It's so sad. Uh, uh, For all we know, she doesn't know about regenerating, maybe. I mean, she may have, we don't know, although from from the, well, from from the, the, the season where Clara, you know, points them to the right TARDIS, we see a young thing, but in actual fact, from when from the unearthly child, we we don't know what age she was when uh, she and the doctor left Gallifrey, do we? In a sense, that's true. But the, the thing is, if if they've you know lived on Gallifrey for, let's say she was in her twenties, thirties when they left. Um, yes, sure. she looks like a child, but it's Gallifrey, and I think she would have spent enough years on Gallifrey to know what regeneration was. But she's supposed to be fifteen, isn't she? A fifteen-year-old girl. Oh, so you're talking about the appearance, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, there's no telling with Gallifreyans. I mean, Dave, you look like you're... Never mind. It's <laughs> <laughs> only 549. It would be a, a, a huge wasted opportunity if, if they don't have her. I mean, I I, thought, I always thought the same thing with Nicholas Courtney. You know, I, she he did come back for the yeah. Sarah Jane adventures. He did an, an episode or two of that. and But I, I wish he had... I wish they had had him on the the proper series, Doctor Who, you know, right. before he passed. I think it was one of those things where they thought they had time, and you know, mm-hmm. and they were looking for the the right time to do it, and unfortunately, time ran out. Right. And or, I, is I he, or is he, or is he a Cyberman? <clears throat> oh, don't even, don't even, <laughs> yeah. just stop. Just leave it alone. Leave it alone. It's we're not going there tonight. No. And is Rory and but um, if we were going to go Amy there, Simon yeah, or Amy and Rory, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> Look, yeah, skipping merrily along from that one. <laughs> one day, yes, one day. Uh, well, speaking of relatives, yeah, speaking of boss friend, <laughs> and moving and then moving us swiftly along, yes. <laughs> what the heck is up with Orson Pink? How can he exist if Danny Pink exactly died? And you know, I would argue that we met Orson Pink before along Clara's timeline before Danny died. So maybe Orson Pink doesn't exist. The change of time. Sure. Yeah, maybe he. Yeah. Oh, it's not. A, it's not a direct descendant. I mean, the, the, there are cases, aren't there, where um, you've you've had people four or five generations down, and they can have much more similarity to an ancient uh, mm-hmm. ancestor than perhaps the. Fa- I mean, I mean, most of us probably know that uh, that grandchildren grand parents and grandchildren often have a, a strong affinity uh, and one of the reasons for that certainly in the female line is that when it, when a girl is born she already has uh, the eggs, the ovary in it from from when she was born so in a sense she's born with a mother's ovaries and her, you know there's, uh, there are certain genetic factors that are passed down two generations mm-hmm. so the child may not get it but the grandchild gets it um, mm-hmm. So I, I think it may well be that he's, it, it, it's one of these uh, links to the past. Well, Again, I'm of, going back to quantum leap here, aren't I? Yeah. So the, the, the big um, question is, I guess, 
is that when Danny was adopted, did he keep his, you know, is, is the pink name from uh, his adoptive parents or his real parents? Mm, good question. Mm. And so then is Orson Pink. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, confusing as well because uh, the, the story that the was before this was we had this idea of the blues and the pinks in terms of these these armies, weren't they, which sort of threw me off for a while. Well, um, I think that was deliberate. The Dalek one. Um, where we in, Into the Dalek. Into the Dalek, yeah. Where the soldiers are all the the blue, aren't they? And right. Yeah, the, their names are. Or see, I always looked at it from the perspective of okay, you've got you know Danny's pink, Orson pink, but I also took that if they were supposed to be related, that Orson was another variation of Oswald. Hmm. They're they're similar. Yeah, I I thought that was um, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, that, that's. I mean, we were led to believe that that sort of that it was Clara, Clara, and um, and Danny would, you know, would have a family, and and he would come from that. But then Danny died, and right. um, and and then and then of course there was some speculating that maybe Clara is with Danny's child at the end of the last series, and we don't. I know wondered that about that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But according to Stephen Moffat, and, and of course this is off screen, this is just his theory. Yeah. He had said in um, Doctor Who Monthly DWM 481 that, um, that that a possible explanation is that Orson was a lateral descendant of Danny's and that Clara contacted Danny's relatives after his death and told him of his sacrifice and gave gave them the, Dan, the soldier man, you know, soldier, the, the toy which I'm going to be very, very mean here and say is a complete cop-out on Moffat's part. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> because we are introduced to uh, Junior Danny Pink in uh, an orphanage. We are not told what has happened to his parents. Yes. Mm-hmm. But one assumes that his parents are gone, are not known of. And so to then say after the fact that that's Clara gets in touch with Danny's, you know, family. Just doesn't add up. No, that's just sloppy screenwriting. Sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. And you think he would have learned his lesson after blowing up the TARDIS and blah, 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 blah. We'll get to that. Wouldn't you? Yeah. You'd think you would have just learned not to overcomplicate stuff. And by stuff, I mean... Beep. <laughs> we don't know. I don't know. I don't know the what wine the, uh, talking. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what well, the this, mature audience's rating is for uh, Doctor Who Podshock. I, well, we try to keep. Well, it well this is a, family friendly. It was family friendly. Okay. I, I, I had a feeling about wait, 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 we to, Yeah, we try to keep it. We try to keep it pink, not blue. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, Danny Blue is in another another uh, podcast entirely. So, yeah. Disney XX. Stay tuned for Pontiac <laughs> After Dark. <laughs> I think that's Dirty Hooers. I think that podcast already exists, yes. so we, we could do that. True. Um, I, yeah, I did have a theory going about what parts of people the Cybermen keep when somebody's converted, and could those? <laughs> so 
Maybe I'll just keep it to myself. (laughs) But it might explain the presence of Orson Pink in the future. That's all I'm saying. There you go. Ah. We've still got some of the cyber action going on. (laughs) (laughs) Getting together for some cyber action. Who knows? (laughs) I mean, they don't they don't take all the human bits and just throw them away, do they? Do they? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, maybe they send maybe they send all those parts to like the end of time. Maybe it's a good place for the break. <laughs> I sense well, a segue. No, I mean, we we'll get sidetracked. We'll start talking about the way Cybermen have been dealt with. I mean, we've we've had the ones where the the you were cyber a perfectly good segue, Dave. You were a yeah, perfectly no, good segue. Sorry, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the end of time, well, Dave was just talking about another Wait. unexplained question. You know, the, the changing of the Cybermen's right. appearance, but that's that they're always going to change appearance till the end of time. Yes. Speaking of the end of time, masterfully steering us back on course. That's <laughs> end of time. Why are we talking about end of time, Ian? <laughs> I don't know who is that woman at the end of time, played by Claire Bloom. Yeah, hair <laughs> Fine British actress. Apparently, according to uh, Russell Batty Davies, it's supposed to be the doctor's mother. But it's not in the show. There's nothing nope. in the episode to indicate who she is in any way, shape, or form, except nope. that she's monstrously important. So there she is, this woman in the end of time. Who is she? <laughs> Who are we in the audience supposed to understand her to be? Yeah, and uh, and and her ability to communicate with uh, Wilfred Mott. Wilf, just... yes. <laughs> why is she talking to Wilf? And, and why, why? Why? She's the watcher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But oh, she's she's the, the doctor. All the time. He's doctor all the time. <laughs> I, I, no. no. <laughs> she was the doctor's mother all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right, here are here are my two here are my two thoughts of who who that person could be. Excellent. I, all right, either River Song or uh, Susan, and I know there's plenty of reasons why it can't be either of them, but that's who I've always thought that it would be. Well, some of us wanted it to be Romana as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I thought that too. That would have so, been cool. That would have fit in nicely. Ramana, Here's, you know, just, just, just at the throne at the end, you know. Well, I'm it, sorry, it, you know, as as he's as he's, you know, shutting them away, and then he's like, Romana. I'm sorry, Romano. Yeah, <laughs> that would have well, you in. <laughs> I had originally thought. Mind. <laughs> I, I had originally thought that it was uh, Romana, but the reason I replaced Romana with River, there is a scene uh, in. I think it's 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 one of the, two, the the two parters. I'm not sure which part it's in in her introductory episode when she whispers his name. The music that is played is the same music as when she removes her hands from um, and he looks at her whenever he's about to decide whether or not to shoot or not. And it's wow. the same music. And I was what like, mm. mm-hmm. that's an amazing catch. So that's why. Hmm. Uh, that's why I say river. Hmm. Mm, interesting. But we know it's that the, the final, I mean, that. well, I suppose we don't see, we haven't seen all of river's regenerations, have we? 
Well, she's allegedly supposed to have given up her uh-huh. regenerations, but they gave him more regenerations. Why can't she get some in the future? Right. And we had seen we, could, we saw her regenerate from the little girl into Yeah, but ultimately yeah. she's in the library, isn't she? No. Right, no. that's her final one, but did we miss any regenerations in between? Oh, oh, yeah. oh. Could she have had one before Mel's? Right. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. I like that. Yeah. Making more questions. You see? (laughs) Uh, What what, what got me, though, was was that on the other side, there was uh, another Time Lord, we're guessing, covering their face with hair that looked exactly like Matt Smith's. Which always got me. I'm like, it's Matt Smith. It's Matt Smith. Oh. I look, I, you know, the amount of times future. I went over and over that footage, I'm like, oh, my God. Well, future doctors. So so that was the Valyard. <laughs> Just to make things well, better. Well, it is. <laughs> And, and 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 also uh, we need to connect the implication or the implied thing that Rassilon said about the, like the weeping angels of old. Mm-hmm. And I've always yeah. wondered, wondered like, okay, what's the connection with those two women and the weeping angels? Right. Wow, I'd forgotten. Weeping about angels that. are banished time lords. Yeah. 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 And. Uh, not only is that the doctor's mother that we see, it's also the master's mother. <laughs> because they're twin brothers, yes. as we have always suspected. Mm-hmm. Yes, that, that unfinished line. <laughs> just, as well, just as well, uh, Lee, nobody's ever said that about Sherlock and Moriarty, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, Moriarty is... Uh, it's Sherlock Holmes' maths teacher. Everybody knows that. <laughs> From a, as in the 7% solution. Anyway. Does it all add up? One of our questions here, we, we have this, this database that we were all sort of writing on here, and, and someone had written, who is controlling the TARDIS? But that's all we have. I don't... I put that in because okay, I thought that was one that was... Uh, the, the, when? The, yesterday? Last week? Yeah. <laughs> when, when it exploded? <laughs> well, yeah, and also, uh, the, the, for instance... <laughs> but, I love how he doesn't answer the question. Well, that's an I'm about to answer it's going to. I was, about, I was about to answer the question, and then you asked a corollary. Uh, and I can't even say that after the wine I'm drinking, but you asked a corollary. Before I have a corollary... I'll uh, try and say, uh, for instance, when um, uh, the, we have the 11th Doctor who uh, is flying over London and suddenly turns uh, up in Amelia Pond's uh, garden, he's flying over London and suddenly the TARDIS takes a, f- a flying leap to the left uh, as though something is taking control of it. There are other times when um, it seems as though it has uh, uh, controls taken. There's also another which brings in the silence is another time when the doctors explains to people on the tide is that, you know, they don't even know uh, where the silence are. And there's a, we actually see a silence in the TARDIS. Now you could argue that that little oxtail uh, loop of the river is enclosed when we, we have the events that 
that, that follow on. In other words, all, all the uh, silence are eradicated. But at that point, we thought uh, the silence were, were a race of beings. Now we find out that this, uh, they're either all or a subset of them are these uh, members of this church. But yes, I'm sure there's a number of times when we feel as though something or someone is controlling the TARDIS. The white or black uh, guardian? Right. Well, for example. But, you know, I, I thought Deacon, we got the Deacon's answer to that. Deacon's controlling in, um, the TARDIS. TARDIS. <laughs> if. I thought if. we got that in The Doctor's Wife when he said, you never took me where I wanted to go. Right. And she right. says, no, but I always took you where you needed where you, to go. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. I like well, something. I thought your who was controlling the TARDIS was a, a whole... Because that's my, my greatest unanswered question is... Uh, yeah, who blew up the TARDIS? Who was controlling it at that time? Mm. That River couldn't do anything about it. Oh, you know? Yeah, that was the yeah. All she kept doing was showing Ian a jumpers, a jumpers. Jumpers, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Yep. Yeah, that kind of happens because it looks cool. I'm, yeah, I <laughs> I didn't buy the story logic of that either. No, it's it's one of those things where it's just it just you know we roll into the next series and. And nothing got answered, and people go, "Well, it's coming, it's coming." He'll explain it. No, he didn't. Yes. Yeah, and, that was, and that's just, and that's just like, and I know it's the the silence and everything. However, you know, the voice they never really explained who that silence will fall. You know, right. voice. No, oh, never, never got it. I mean, who even was that as an actor? <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> never got any. <laughs> Never got any credit on that. Whoever you are, stand up. Be counted. It's a good point. What did, it say? what did it say on your script? Tell us. The world needs to know. Well, let's move on then. All right. Some Next things question. we are meant to know. Next question. So, yes. Who's controlling the TARDIS at the time? Stephen Moffat. So, enough said. <laughs> that was for you, Mike. <laughs> well, I've always wondered if you want to take the continuity seriously of uh, the fourth doctor, that he, the first time he takes off in the TARDIS, he takes off with Sarah Jane, and then his adventures seem to be more or less continuous with her. Until Deadly Assassin, and then he meets Leela, and then one of the things he finds with Leela is a giant statue carving facade, Mount Rushmore, of himself, and he doesn't remember how it got there. Could it be? So this be, is always. Could it be his, his future, future self having visited? I mean, it takes place in, there. in the story's past, but could it be in the Fourth Doctor's own regeneration's future? He doesn't remember where the face of evil. I was trying to remember the name of the episode. <laughs> he doesn't remember where face of evil comes from because it hasn't happened yet. Right. But as the story goes on, he starts to piece it together. Oh, okay. Well, unless we go into this theory that he sees all time, you know, he's somehow connected to, he, he knows how things are going to, are supposed to happen. And, I, I'm I'm really sc scrapping here at the bottom of the barrel. No, here. no, yeah, I, stretch, I Lewis, stretch. <laughs> but he, he, he was he was on the planet 
in that body long enough to to try to fix the computer that becomes the god Zoanon. Mm-hmm. And since then, he's forgotten about it, which sounds like the kind of thing that happens before, after a regeneration. Yeah, but yeah. if that were true, then it ought to be a giant face of John Pertwee. I was going to say that, yeah. <laughs> which, which would be awesome, of course. But <laughs> um, Or Patrick Troughton or William Hartnell. But, but, uh, but it's not... Um, well, that's what I, I love that, that, that Colin Baker story that, that no one likes, um, and I can't think of the name of it now. Um, where he <laughs> they, 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 he discovers a is it the twins painting. time lash time lash that's it thank you time lash it's one of my favorites <laughs> well, and and it is John Pertwee you know and I thought that was a great touch you know that right yeah. yeah well there is a moment in Robot where he goes inside the TARDIS and closes the door. And Sarah says, you can't just leave. And he comes back and says, can't I? And Does I the TARDIS the dematerialize that then for a little, while, a little bit? Well, yeah, that's it. Do we hear the the trademark sound? Do we? I'd have to go back and watch that now. Because this is the theory that I've heard, is that what happens is he actually left. Mm-hmm. And where he ends up is on the planet of the Seva team, and the whole face of evil thing transpires. Then he comes back uh-huh. and answers the question, can't yeah, I? Like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so that's how he got all the way to the planet we see in Face of Evil and, and why he doesn't remember it, because it is just immediately after his regeneration. And right. He's still kind of mixed up. But that's as like elegant that, an explanation right? as I've ever heard. Of. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to have to go watch Robot now. Yeah, and see if you can shoehorn Face of Evil into it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, Google Doctor Who robot <laughs> explanation video. <laughs> well, th- this one may just be my failure to follow the story accurately. This may not be a great unanswered question of Doctor Who, but <laughs> I, I still, after all these years, I don't understand what happened to Perry. Can somebody please tell me whether she had her brain scooped out like a big melon ball <laughs> or <laughs> did she end up marrying King Erkanos? And if so, why? Or, or did she marry King Erkanos because she's had her brain scooped out <laughs> like a big melon ball? <laughs> Perry lives! Well, according to the fanfic I wrote. <laughs> no, 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 no. In canon, what happens to... I like Perry. I don't want her to end up as somebody with, with, with nothing inside her, her pretty noggin. Well, I had I had a whole fanfic written where the doctor, after, right after the trial, went back there and rescued her. <laughs> That's, That's the only way to make was. sense. Yeah. But we are shown, we, we see her. Her yeah. brainless, the brainless Perry. As as TV goes, it's actually quite dark and quite uh, quite good and well acted. And it is. And it's, it's a, a shame to take it away from 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 her. And I'd I'd like it to remain that she did die. Even though I love Perry, it's a great moment for an actress to 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 have. You know, a beautiful tragedy for the Doctor to give his life for her. And then in his next life, she's the one who dies kind of pointlessly. And Yeah. Yeah. 
But then we also saw that she's now happily married to to Brian King or Carlos. <laughs> yeah. So just leading the rest of us to say, what? Fly, my Orkman, fly. Gordon's alive. Gordon's alive. Gordon's alive. I love him so much. Oh, yes. I, have you, you, just, just, just a sidebar here. Have you seen the uh, the video that was created um, for Brian, Brian Blessed to become the voice of uh, this guy's um, uh, GPS? Oh, no, I haven't. I will have to send it to you. I will have to send it to you. This guy was campaigning to have Brian Blessed's voice added to, like, Tom Tom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, so there's this whole video done with you hear, turn left now. <laughs> no, I said left, you ninny. <laughs> I, I totally want that in my car. I need that in my car. Well, see, that, that, that's an actor that should return to the series. He doesn't have to play King Yukonis, but he, I mean, just to have him back in this series would be great. He says he was one of the people approached that's after right. when William Hartnell that's talked right. about That's right. I forgot about was, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he was in um, in play of the week constantly, so he was definitely one of those people that the BBC had on hand. That Could they have always... been the doctor, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, so do we, what do we know in canon? What what happened to Perry? Is she Well, is it the family okay? artists involved in all this? Yeah. Did, oh, breaking news. The TARDIS didn't dematerialize. You do hear the vorp, vorp sound. You're watching does not, while we're talking. Okay. The TARDIS just don't dematerialize at all. The, the, the noise is interrupted. So... Well, unless you, do you hear turn the noise. back a, but you a, do hear the a noise. second yes. before it dematerialized and right. and I was Lewis, just in the same spot. Yes. I, yeah, right. Just because you didn't see it doesn't mean it didn't happen. It didn't yes, happen. Yeah. <laughs> right. He could have the interrupted noise was yeah replaced the noise and yeah anyway. Okay. So we got that one solved, right? <laughs> I say so. We're, we're doing pretty good actually. Right? I think yeah, we're, we're, we're almost made it through our list here. Um, so, yes, did Perry get her brain scooped down like a big melon bowl or not? Uh, yes, unfortunately, she did. Let me just ask, the, the actual Trial of a Time Lord season was replacement, wasn't it, for all the stories? Were any of the stories that weren't actually made, did they have a different uh, scenario for Perry or not? Because um, I think, didn't Big Finish say they were going to actually produce those as Big Finish stories? The 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 series that what you're thinking of is the series that was supposed to happen in between, yeah. Um, oh, between Trial of Time Lord and and they did do the the missing season, uh, which was like Mission to Magnus, um, mm. uh, Nightmare Fair. Uh, trying to think of the other ones now. Nightmare Fair would have been fantastic if they'd made it, uh, which would have seen the return of the Celestial Toymaker. Mm. I, I just want to explain for those listeners that may not be familiar with what we're talking about. There was uh, a hiatus of a doctor who went on for, I believe it was 18 months, and there was a series. Dirty word. There, there was, um, yes. So there was a series that was planned that never came to be because um, it was off It was off television for that year. And when it came back, they, they it came back with Trial of the Time Lord. So they, they never did those episodes uh, televised. Right. 
but they have been they they were done by by Big Finish in audio production. So they're out there. Yeah, Mission to Magnus is that the one? I think I think that is one of the one of the episodes. Yeah, well, one of the stories. Yeah. Somebody frantically typing the missing season. Uh, I'm just I'm just wondering whether they had a a different leaving story for her. No, because at the time she when they wrote that, um, it was a it wasn't a full planned season at that point, right? I believe, um, and there was she hadn't planned to leave at that point, so. She was still on board for another yeah. season. I was going to say that unless she had expressed a desire to leave the, the show, I don't think they would have had a, written an episode where she departs. Yeah, but Mrs. Mission to Magnus still had Syl in it as one of the characters. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was hoping you could make that noise. Uh, not as good, not as good as uh, Lewis's friend uh, uh, who, who comes <laughs> uh, uh, ramble with Russell uh, whenever he used to come on live on. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> it was said. Uh, Russell Hale, I'm talking about. Yes, Ramble yeah. with Russell. Great podcast if you haven't heard it, guys, by the way. Yeah, there was something. So, um, if, if, for those of you out there who are, who are planning on looking for this, it's uh, under the umbrella of the Lost Stories, which include The Nightmare Fair, uh, Mission to Magnus, Leviathan, The Hollows of Time, Paradise Five, Point of Entry, The Song of Megaterra. I think that's it, Meg. Anyway, and uh, the Macross. Yeah, and uh, Mission to Magnus also would have seen the return of um, the Ice Warriors to Doctor Who. Oh. So that would have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it took many, many more but years before uh, they did return. Time to move along. Keep moving, guys. Move along. Move along. Move along. Nothing, that's nothing to see here. <laughs> we, I was just about to ask uh, uh, Lewis, uh, how how are we doing for time? Do we need to? Yeah, we're we're jump about, ship here. Or are yeah, we? we're we're um, one hour and thirty two minutes in, so we, we should yeah. try to get to uh, the remaining questions of the day. Well, there was one that was that came from outside, and I I, I know we always like to respect that. that uh, oh, absolutely. That someone someone had tweeted the question. Uh, how come we can have different-looking TARDIS on the outside if the chameleon circuit is broken? I, I think because the chameleon circuit is broken, it it fluctuates. Mm, good answer. Because the TARDIS has definitely been changing over the years, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, uh, I think... Uh, yeah, go on, I, I go on, say, go on broken, second. It would be exactly the same. But since... It, right. Uh, or, or actually, if it wasn't broken, it would be blending into the whatever, you know, environment it lands in. But I, I think because... Um, and, and then at one point, the doctor has to, you know, um, take measurements of an actual police box just to, you know... <laughs> Oh, that's true. Yeah, we're going to fix it in uh, Castro Valvo, right? Yeah. Or Legopolis, right? For the second time this evening, I have the answer for this. Oh, <laughs> every, time the TARDIS, every time that the TARDIS lands on Earth, it uh, remodels itself according to the nearest available model. Oh, mm. I like that. There you go. 
Yeah, because the police um, so, officers were uh, not actually uniforms, so yeah. No, they were not. So that's that's how it gets its different appearance. Wow, that's that's elegant. I love it. You're welcome. Elegant. Yeah, elegant. elegant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had too much my to world, drink, obviously. And my, <laughs> world is, my world is imploding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if anybody else here has had this experience, but this is what being on the writing staff of a of a show is like. This is this is exactly the game you play, you know. So yeah, so See, yeah, it, Ian is proving himself to be a Doctor Who writer. It was yeah, also brought go. to my attention that the actual police thing. boxes weren't made out of wood. So why do we see wood grain on the Oosh. the TARDIS? And I said, well, that's, that's right. They were concrete. Yeah, they were made of concrete. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah. Well, the, and, and I, I use the same the explanations one, because this this community circuit is broken and it's it's not operating properly. This is the reason why you see wood grain. Hmm. Were, were they never made of wood, though? Were there? I mean, were there? It seems Dave, like the one that I, that, uh, that no, Tegan's no, goes that, into. No, the, the original reason for them, were, apart from the the fact that they had the phone on the outside, they were actually a place of safety. They're actually right. a place of safety for a policeman to oh, I thought, to did, uh, conceal they also themselves used to hold, in it, like a, a prisoner for a time being until the paddy wagon came. They could, you they, could lock somebody uh, they, up could, they could be indeed. Yeah, they were multifunctional in that sense. Unfortunately, they're probably multifunctional. Or in ways that people didn't want, you know, urinal being one of the uh, functions. Mm. Not, 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 not by the police. I mean, being by drunks <laughs> late at night. <laughs> when you gotta go, you gotta go. <laughs> yeah. So we've got uh, according to the uh, TARDIS wiki here, we've got uh, the 1963. Then it changes 66, 76, 1980, 1996, 2005, and 2010, and. Uh, there you go. But I think that's one we can um, we can briefly scan over and go to maybe our next thing. There you go. Next thing being, well, we we missed we missed that one. Oh, yeah. Should we should we pop back to yeah. East Space? Yeah. Let's pop back. To let's East let's, space, let's go back. Let's, let's, go, let's back go back to East, to East Space. space. <laughs> yeah, because Romana and K Nine are still there, and yeah, apparently. According to canon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Canine. But if if they were an artificial construction and then uh, later episodes of the series have rebooted the universe, then there now isn't an East Space, so we sort of erased Romana and Canine yeah. and everybody else, so no pun intended. I always assumed that East Space was a, a sort of a bubble, small bubble universe. We were told coexist. Yeah, so yeah. so it should it be independent of what happens to our universe, whether our universe collapses, expands, regenerates, it it should be independent of it. That's what I thought. Yeah. Where's we- Perry when you need him? <laughs> not that Perry. Exactly. We could find not that Perry. No, that's the scientist guy. He got a brain scooped out in like a big melon ball. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we have a gentleman, uh, a gentleman who frequents the Cultum Collective uh, by the name of Perry, who works for NASA. Oh, I see. Oh, oh, oh yes. He's he, he, and I actually, he and I teach at the same university, actually, by a bizarre coincidence. Oh. Wow. Yes, we do. That's true. Yeah. Is wow. That? Oh, they breed him clever over there, Ian. <laughs> yeah. 
So speaking of clever, <laughs> we get to the doctor's regeneration. <laughs> we're we're going to make these transitions Eddie. work. Yeah. You, you called, Lewis? You called? Yes. I, I said clever, say, not clever. words out of your mouth are Dave. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so now what's the story with the, 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 we always know that the doctor can regenerate 12 times and then he used up his regenerations and he was granted some more, just like the, it was offered to the master. So are we now, does he have another set of 12 or is it unlimited? And I always thought that, um, perhaps now that the time Lords aren't around per se, that, um, you know, maybe they that the limit is no longer there if if Gallifrey is somehow phased out in some other plane of existence. Well, I would have thought through because they're very conservative uh, with a small C, and they they projected that through the crack. They would have only given him twelve. But on the other hand, the the Doctor burns off a lot of that excess energy, doesn't he, by destroying the Garlic, uh, Dalek fleet above the above the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it. It seems as though he got uh, uh, quite a, a lot of regenerative energy, so it may well be unspecified. I think from a and writer's... In an Italian restaurant somewhere, the doctor burned off a garlic fleet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's another story. That's um, how I heard it. But, yeah. but I, I think from a writer's point well, of view, okay. I guess they're not going to put the limit there, just because I think they, they, they found themselves boxed in before, and I figured maybe... They're going to keep it ambiguous and not give a number this right. time, and just well, keep it on himself to tackle it during sure. the fiftieth and deal with but, it. But now he did say when um, when he's drinking the fish fingers and custard back whenever he's talking to Clara, he d- he does say, oh, uh, "Oh, a whole new regeneration cycle. It's just taking a moment to kick in." When she's asking about her his face nudge. Uh, changing, so you know he does make reference to it being a new cycle. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, I well, and, we'll and on the Sarah Jane Adventures, he said that he had five hundred and seven. Yeah, so I think he's just being glib. That, yeah, that's I, the, I think so. That, that that's just a joke. It's a very yeah. It's humor. It's Time Lord humor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you see that's, where I said to that boy from her? <laughs> that's I, that's and as we know, well, Yeah. I mean, because <laughs> uh, they do better. I mean, as we said, Riversong gave him those remaining genera- regenerations oh, of hers. True. But, they all, but they only seemed to give him one more regeneration, didn't they? So it's, it seems to be very flexible. Depends on what the story demands, I think. Yeah, I remember reading something a long time ago where somebody had had sort of explored the way the Doctor regenerates and the way we see Romana and River Song regenerate, and they their conclusion was girls are just better at this. <laughs> see, I always thought like uh, uh, back back with the original series that that uh, Time Ladies could actually uh, choose their appearance; they can choose, right? Uh, mm. But boys couldn't. Yeah. 
Well, this is just But don't we see some Time Lords discussing regeneration on Gallifrey at the Panopticon or something like that? Where <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think maybe the Doctor just never has. I mean, I think maybe if you're a regular Time Lord, you you put some thought and effort into it, and you you you, you, you plan it. Yeah, the, well, the article that I the article that I read the uh, the I wish I could remember who wrote this, but the the author was suggesting that that's one of those classes that he skipped in Time Lord school. That, <laughs> you know, that Ramon no, obviously went to... He was out chasing the master that day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Instead of learning how to, you know, control your... Learning how to choose what face you're going to have next. Um, yeah, I, I, he, missed, he missed the class on being ginger as well, didn't he? Exactly, yeah. yeah. He's been regretting it ever since. Right? But some, pe- now, some faces do... ginger here, you'll need to take this note down. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> How, how, how do I turn into GFL G4 or whatever his name is? Right. <laughs> but but evidently, some, evidently some faces <laughs> do, do, do leave a lasting impression on him when he does regenerate because, um, well, Peter Capaldi was in the series before and Colin Baker was in the series before he regenerated. Yeah. And, and, go on, sorry. Oh, and, 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 and in Peter Capaldi's first story, he actually has him looking at his own reflection saying, why this face? Right. Yeah. I'm so is, angry. That's, that's another unanswered question. It's, it's, it's alluded to, but never an answer. Why this face? Like yeah, there's that, some mystery to, to why true. he chose this face. And, and I says, read that what as, am I trying to tell myself? Yeah. Yeah, but so maybe I was reading too much into that because I thought he was saying, I saw you in the fires of Pompeii. Why? Yeah, well, yeah. That's, that's what I thought. <laughs> well, maybe too. that's not what he means by that. Yeah. Well, I, I, well, we've also had the stories where the doctor's been strapped to some machine and the, his regenerations are being taken off him, and we've seen faces that we haven't associated with the doctor. True. Um, I'm trying to remember which one it was. Whether well, it was the uh, brain of Morbius. Brain of Morbius. Ah, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But those, those or those Morbius's regenerations. It could be, uh, yeah. I was just going to say, it could be argued that those are Morbius's um, regenerations. Right. Uh, good point. I mean, uh, f- what they originally were. I mean, at the time they were supposed to be the doctors, and they used current. They used um, staff on the show faces, yes. and they were showing that. But in you know, in hindsight, we can say it's Morbius's um, faces. Right. It's a retcon that I like. <laughs> I like that explanation. Let's press on. Yes. Yeah. Screwdrivers. Well, uh, this is a misnomer I put in and have uh, been corrected. Um, uh, I was just talking about the uh, from the day of the Doctor where we have this calculation that's done and uh, they realise uh, that the amount of time that the calculation is going to take is going to be hundreds of years. So um, the War Doctor uh, and so on, they start, they start the calculation off. Actually, it's the David Tennant one that starts the calculation off, doesn't it? Um, the The point being that... Is is it one sonic screwdriver, uh, or are not? Or does it have some component that carries on between them? Because they are connected in some way. Well, this doctor's one gets completely destroyed. So, right? Yes. So it can't be the same sonic screwdriver. Well, so what's the relationship? There's a backup of the of its. you know, on the TARDIS somewhere that it's, it's used, you know, just like when you upgrade your 
your iPhone or <laughs> smartphone. Right. It, it, it retains, updates to the right. cloud. It retains your contacts <laughs> and uh, and previous it information. It updates to the uh, it updates to the eye of harmony. There you go. Yes, there you go. <laughs> We're back back to that again. Yeah, that but is. it's true. We saw the eleventh doctor's uh, his screwdriver came up kind of out of a dispenser. Yes. Right. So. Uh, uh, new model. Uh, so <laughs> I, I like the update to the cloud explanation. That yeah. and what we didn't know it, it, it is still working on the problem of how to dematerialize that door, which isn't locked anyway. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> right. Wow. We're we're ticking these off like nobody's business. We have solved all unanswered questions from Doctor for the moment. <laughs> from fifty-one years of. Well, there's only one issue then. Which one of us is going to be the screenwriter for the next season? <laughs> hey, clearly, yeah. <laughs> Mike Dills. <laughs> <laughs> the barn. <laughs> the barn. Where was the that... war doctor? I'm thinking this about the when the war doctor went to the barn. And then we have the moment and so on. Um, there was some speculation of, um, you know, how how we could have survived if that was on... If Gallifrey was locked, how could he be there? And the speculation was, I think, that the sky was different. Therefore, that actually wasn't Gallifrey that the uh, this, um, this bomb was on. Is that an, uh, the correct analysis on what... Well, yeah, I don't know. It's never stated where where he goes with the moment. You know, um, I mean, I guess I had naturally assumed it was a different planet because if you were going to do, if you were going to release this bomb directed at the, the Daleks and and the Time Lords, this moment, this super weapon, that you'd actually have to do it from a distance, and you couldn't do it from the the actual planet itself. But, you know, it is entirely possible that it was on Gallifrey, just in a remote location where the war wasn't happening. No, because Gallifrey was time-locked. You couldn't get to Gallifrey. That's the point. So no, at, the, at the time that he had the moment, the, the time-lock hadn't occurred. Oh, good one. They didn't... You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Right. You know I mean? It hasn't happened yet. Right. It has happened, but it hasn't happened happened. Well, it happened once, and they were going to undo it. Right. But at this point, it hasn't happened yet happened. It has going to have happened be happening. <laughs> we need a map. If you happen to understand that. <laughs> a time map. What, what is it that, uh, what is it that Douglas, Douglas Adams writes about to, the problems of time travel are largely ones of grammar? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And do we well? Do we at least think that the 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 barn was the location where? Uh, um, I keep saying I want to say Jenna Coleman. Well, I always want to keep saying Jenna Coleman. Clara, yeah. Clara, where she she uh, goes to the young boy sleeping. Um, do we assume that that's the barn, and that's why he has that affinity yes. with the barn? Off screen, I think yes. they explained it was you know one of the like making ofs, those little short pieces. I think it was I, somehow I remember something like that being explained that we we returned to the same barn or something like that. But at, on screen, I don't think it's clear. I think it's just implied. Yeah, you know, <laughs> visually right. implied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it looks like the same place, and and emotionally it makes sense. I, I like the idea that that's where he'd go back to, right? Uh, Although we, the place has really gone downhill since they were last there. 
<laughs> There's nothing years left of the rest of the town. It's just this barn. <laughs> and why it's still standing is not explained. Douglas' parents, not good farmers. I, I took it that the barn, wherever he was at, the barn was just as the image of Rose was a projection. I took the barn was also a projection. Oh. It may not You're be a clever man. Place at all. Clever man. Like See, I have I have my moments. <laughs> moments. Get it? Moments. moments. Oh. The moments. Oh, oh no, I didn't even say I didn't have moments. I didn't even get that. Uh, we're giving it to you. No, yeah, no, yeah, 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 take it, take it. Take it. Take, take all you can get when you're on this show. There you go. Wow, that's our list. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure we didn't cover this. I'm sure there's other unanswered questions, and I, and I urge all our listeners who have other um, unanswered questions and maybe some speculation on how to answer them to, uh, you know, to let us know and to send us feedback on that. We, we always love hearing your feedback, it, and you can call the podcast public call box 206-337-4699. But as always, I urge you to check our website, potchock.net, to get the latest phone number because sometimes that does change. And when you're listening to this, could be five years from now. So that's it, it has it does happen. So um, well, make sure yeah. I can show how clever I, I can show how clever I am, Lewis. Uh-oh. The answer to one question is I've drunk about half a bottle. <laughs> Same. So together we've drunk a bottle of wine, Dave. <laughs> or two. So yeah, um, th- this could become a, a regular segment on 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 Podchuck. Podchuck answers your if... questions on Doctor Who <laughs> because we have all the answers. Yes, we do. Can we make we them will up if we solve. Don't. <laughs> yeah. We'll make it fit. If not, we will make them up. <laughs> we, we, we could put the face of evil and robot. We could do anything. Exactly. <laughs> I would love it if people were writing in it. You know, here's something I've always wondered about. Wouldn't that be wonderful? You know? Join us next time on Podchalk, where we tackle unanswered questions, volume two. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And, uh, the questions are still out there. I know there are more than yeah, these. There, we there we have not asked the Ooh, definitive set. Yeah, 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 exactly. I heard that theme in my head as well. <laughs> the questions are out there. Well, this was great fun, though. I, I really enjoyed this. Yes, Me too. Yeah. So, again, um, if you have any unanswered questions, anything that you'd like to explore, any theories that you have, please let us know. Once again, the phone number for the Pachak public call box is 206-337-4699. Check pachak.net for the latest number. You could also email us at feedback at pachak.net, and that would work as well. You could record something on your smartphone, and um, most have a voice memo feature, and then you could just email it to us, and that works just the same if you don't want to. The, 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 the public call box works just like voicemail, So, and I urge everyone just to keep their messages, um, keep your feedback down to like three minutes or so, so that we can fit it in the show and um, give everyone else some time as well. I want to thank all the Doctor Who Podchock supporters out there, the, the, those that have uh, chosen to become a supporting subscriber of Doctor Who Podchock. It really does make a difference. It makes this episode possible. It makes every episode that we do possible. So uh, a big thank you to those that are Doctor Who Podchock supporting subscribers. If you'd like to become one, you can go to podchock.net or arttrap.com and you'll find a banner on the top there to become a Doctor Who Podchock supporting subscriber. And like I said, it, it makes this show possible.
I want to thank, <laughs> I got a lot of people to thank now, Dave, Kyle, Lee, and Ian for joining um, all of us here on Talk to You Pachak. Now, um, Dave, can uh, fill us in on uh, um, the Cultum Collective? Anything new around the corner that you want to um, give a shout out about? Well, yes, sir. If people think that we're slacking, uh, please don't think so. We've uh, we've gone to just monthly live episodes on the collective Touch Your ID 54821 until Doctor Who returns to our screen, but we're still very active with commentaries. I mean, for instance, as soon as we finish recording of this, Ian's going to start editing our latest um, Better Call Saul commentary because he's that keen. So, yes, we're currently doing uh, Better Call Saul that's uh, (laughs) just uh, been airing and I'm able to watch uh, on UK Netflix, which is uh, very good because I believe it's not on American Netflix at the moment. But uh, there you go. So, Colton Collective on iTunes and all good podcast directories. And you can hear Dave and Ian both hosting there as well. And and Ian, anything that... um I know you just came off a stage production. Anything that you want to talk about or outside of um, um, Cultum? Or? Yeah, ooh, God, do I want to talk about anything? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I didn't Actually, you in this um, <laughs> as, he, as he frantically types something into, into his browser. Um <laughs> Yeah, actually, I'd like to tell everybody about a, another podcast that, well, it's it's kind of a podcast. It's actually just kind of like a place to hang out. It's um, a trivia podcast that goes by the name of Friday Night Quizmasters, which is also hosted on uh, on TalkShoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the call ID is right in front of me here. It's 136456. And it happens every Friday night at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern uh, Eastern time. And uh, we all just get together and uh, and answer trivia questions. Yes. It's a great place to hang out. We have a lot of fun. If you feel like joining us, uh, check it out. Uh, go to TalkShoe.com and put in uh, 136456 as the call ID, and you can get all the information there. Much fun. So, yeah, there you go. A lot yes. of fun and of fun. interesting information. Interesting trivia. You learn something yes. as you're having fun. Toby. Toby. That's an inside joke. <laughs> yes. You learn all the inside jokes as well, <laughs> including um, any, anybody new to the show must say the words Michael Bolton ah! upon, upon being on the show. Uh, yes. So uh, don't worry. It's, it's, it's harmless. <laughs> Mostly harmless. Mostly. And following along, Lee, Lee, um, I know I always give you a, a uh, open door for Herlock. Um, anything else or, or, or any new information on that? Oh, you're so good to be. Yes, sir. Herlock is live. My, my long-awaited web series is live at www.herlock.us. Go there to watch the first four episodes of our, of our serial with the with the uh, slogan, the greatest detective is a woman. Mm. Herlock. So Excellent. yeah, please go check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, will do. Kyle, anything that you'd like to um, update us on? Well, on um, I believe it's May the seventh. I will be uh, on a drive-through HR. It's a daily radio uh, blog 
talk radio show for HR professionals. I will be on that May the 7th with some other people from another site I write for, performanceicreate.com. So uh, if you're listening to Blog Talk uh, Radio, check me out on Drive Through HR. And also, you can always follow me on Twitter at KyleMJ6977. Excellent. It's very good. Outstanding. Brilliant. <laughs> well, fantastic. Uh, fantastic. So, uh, going back to what uh, Ian had said about quizmasters, whoever's uh, whoever's the quizmaster of whoever answer whoever wins that round that night gets to host the the following. So, I'm I'll be hosting this Friday. Though it's it's actually Ian's hosting. Um, that I'm filling in for. I, I, I won, but I, I, I was very, very generous and, and allowed uh, Lewis to, uh, to host. Yes, because uh, hosting is fun. It's the actual, because whoever hosts it has to come up with the trivia questions and doing the research is a little um, time intensive. I've learned that a few times myself. But it's fun. In the end. All right. Well, we'll be back with another Doctor Who podcast. We'll be looking forward to your feedback and what you have to say. And thank you all for uh, Dave, Kyle, Lee, and Ian for joining me here. My name is Lewis, and at least that's what my underwear says. The label. You've learned it. You've learned I've it. Learned it. Oh, yeah. well done. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back with more Doctor Who podcast. And um, until then, and even after then, um, enjoy and have fun. And cheers, everyone. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. Kyle says bye. Bye, Kyle. Goodbye, Doug. to jump off. You have been listening to Doctor Who Podshock, presented to you by the fan run GallifernMC.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Doctor Who Podshock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This has been a production of Art Trap Productions and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This podcast is also supported by the Podchock Podcast Companion app now in the iTunes App Store. Visit arttrap.com for more information on this and other podcasts. I love humans. All of us seeing patterns and things that aren't there.